And I, you know, in my 20s, I was in the gay scene a lot more than I am now. But I loved Pride. And I, it was a big deal because it was not cool to be gay where we were from. And I loved coming out and dancing and getting really cheap drinks at the end of the... I always loved the end of the parade in the West Village where you get all the really big, silly drinks and everyone just parties in the street for 12 hours. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite part. Mm, mm. Love that. What about you? What's your relationship to gay pride? You know, I, I, I feel like I had to have been to like a, whatever the proper pride is because especially in, in New York, they have multiple uh, parades or marches. Um, but I, but my main memory is going to Dyke to the Dyke March. That was kind of what me and mm. my crew always did, and that's kind of a more alternative, um, you know, more every kind of bodied person, right? Is, uh, would, would would go to those marches, and then I think it would always end up in Tompkins Square Park and be kind of this like fun wild festival, and that that's kind of my memories. Is that per, is that is that also brought to you by Absolute Cocktails? Yes, everything is. Um, I almost got a shot guess that said I I heart vodka and how dark. Just to, just to be like, hey, do you guys want to take a shot of vodka at my house? Is a really dark. Anyways, side note, I didn't, so you don't have to like call call the hospital or or call, or call the paddy wagon to take me away, kids. Um, gay. Uh, and then in LA, they kind of do like all weekend festival. I never went to the march proper, but I performed in the festival. Mm. Uh, I, I I danced as an astronaut on a stage. Um, was that really hot? Uh, yeah, it was. It was. I mean, just like all my life, it was super uh, random. And uh, then we saw um, Wilson Phillips perform, which was Fuck. kind of yeah, yeah. That's kind of one of my fab fab memories. I saw Wilson. Do they perform. do they have a gay anthem? Hold on. Well, that's 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 the nation's gay anthem. That's or that's the nation's anthem, sweetie. But it was fabulous. It was like a pretty fabulous experience. Um, and then here they don't have Dyke March, but they have Dyke Day, and so I've gone to that a lot. And that's just where you just hang out in the park. <laughs> you don't march, but you just kind of park it. And you just kind of bring and- a chair. Yeah, you bring yeah, uh, yeah, honey. You bring a chair, you bring a blanket, and there is like a little bit of dancing going on. But it's like a you know. It's a full dyke day, so that so yeah, that's my. That's your. Or do you have any? Do you have pride plans this year in advance? None. 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 You know, I don't know how much we want to get into this, but you know, in two thousand and four, that's when I graduated from high school. In two thousand and four, I think pride was a lot different for 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 what it, for what it was uh, 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 previous to that. You know, before that, it wasn't called a parade, right? It was called a march, and the uh, uh, the first. March was in 1970. Uh, it was called the Christopher Street Liberation Day. Mm-hmm. March. Um, and a lot of people, there's a lot of sources when you like look up the history of the Pride Parade. A lot of people quote this um, first person account uh, in, in the Village Voice in 2010. Uh, it was from Fred Sargent, and he, and he writes that there was no floats, no music, no boys in briefs. Instead, they held signs and banners and chanted, say it clear, say it loud, gay is good, gay is proud. Mm. And graduating in 2004, that I, I was not aware of that history and that significance, because being a white cis gay man, I had spent almost a, a generation of 
you know, a decade of watching Will and Grace and Mm -hmm. the country kind of warming over and, and in a way even starting to exoticize this culture, you know, there was queer for the straight guy and like, I want every girl wanted to be my best friend. And and at that point I knew the pride parades as kind of these like buff studs on, on floats, you know, in skippy underwear. So I didn't know how significant it was just to say, just to straight up walk in the streets and, and declare something that was hidden, declare something that you could hide. Or, or try to hide and, and how radical and how dangerous uh, that was to literally march in the streets with these signs. You know, mm-hmm. you were inviting a lot of a lot of scary things, threats and you could lose your job and you could, you lose, could your lose your entire family. Yeah. The coming out is a very big and fraught thing. It, but, and it still is. I mean, of course, in 1970, it was a fucking it had a lot more ramifications than it does today. But, you know, it's still hard for kids it's, to come out. Oh, it, oh, it's totally still hard. I just wasn't aware of the history of the Pride. Like, because the Pride Parade for me in 2004 was, you know, it was it was just, a, it was like a, almost kind of like a Disney attraction. You know, like, mm-hmm. it was really exciting and electric and fun and, and fun. I didn't know the, of, of the somber roots is what I wanted right. to talk about. And how important it truly was to just say you're gay. And so... It's really interesting going back into this history and listening to these songs and listening to, you know, turning something that was super dark and culturally unaccepted into a celebration is, I think, a really kind of cool evolution. And kind of a lot of these songs are kind of they're dance tracks and they're and they're really fun tracks like this one we're about ready to play. Gloria Gaynor's I Am What I Am uh, from 1983, which is, of course, a song from La Caja Faux, the Broadway musical and it's such it's which she turned into like such a great dance bop but it is the ultimate coming out song I am what I am I am my own special creation so come take a look give me the hook or the ovation it's my world that I want to have a little pride in my world And it's not a place I have to hide in Life's not worth a damn till you can say I am what I am
gives the ultimate Woo! bop version of that song. There is okay. also an amazing version by Shirley Bassey, which we will cover in a later episode. But we Absolutely. love Dame. We fucking love and live for Dame Shirley too. The fucking thing that I just love about that song is the fucking ambivalence about it. It's like, come, you know, give me the hook or the ovation. I don't give a fuck. I'm just gonna be over here doing my fucking private parade, and you, everyone, everything else can just fuck off. I'm sure everyone's like, why are you playing Gloria um, Gaynor's I Will Survive? A, because whatever, y'all know that song. Play it yourselves, or we're playing <laughs> ours. I, I am what I am. And I, I mean, it's literally called I Am What I Am. Like we said, it's from La Cage en Faux. Uh, Drag Queen, it's her big, like, 11 o'clock number. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in which she, like, just announces, she's like, fuck off. Like, I'm, I'm my own creation. And to me, I interpret that just truly, like, not, it is obviously, like, a, the coming out song. But it's also just to me coming out of, for me, it's like just all about like the, the, uh, the creation of self. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and we're, we're just going to, we're just pretty much just going to read you the whole song. But, it, you know, I beat my own drum. Some things it's noise. I think it's pretty. And when I listen to that, it's just like reminds me of like, I love embracing my freaky side. I love embracing, you know, my gender queer side. Being a queer person means that I can kind of create the things I want. Mm-hmm. And you, we had to make up the way we wanted to live because as queer people, there wasn't, there isn't a rule book necessarily. And that's what these songs kind of are, though. They are these right. historical guideposts. And they're not like, it's not like, oh, gay people have a, a Bible of things that we have to like or listen to. It's like, no, a lot of us just fucking happen to love these jams because they speak to our common experience as a people, you know? Right. And, and that's what all of these fucking... 27 gay songs we're about to bop through with y'all <laughs> do. But that, but I am what I am most, I mean, foremost, chiefly among them. <laughs> I think it's a hot fucking jam. And I used to put it on mixes growing up. I, it still gets me. Get, getting ready for Der Club. Put that song on. Uh, you know, feeling fabulous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. the shit. Okay. And now no pride parade is complete without who is the grand marshal of every pride parade. She really has stepped up. Cindy Lauper. Cindy Lauper, bitch. She really is at every Pride ever in history. She's at a lot of Prides. I mean, she had her whole tour. You know, she mm-hmm. had like... The I True think Colors tour. Of, the True Colors tour that she did for a couple of years, right? Mm-hmm. She had a couple of legs of that tour. Raising awareness, having a lot of gay artists. Yeah, she's kind of like... She's really kind of come through as like the low-key, like all-time diva. Yeah, the diva who not only has bops about being or that are have been appropriated by the gay community, but also stands up for the gay community. The True Colors tour was for the Matthew Shepard Act, which established hate crimes as a federal crime. It was a federal in two thousand and eight. Yeah, in two thousand eight, and it was signed by it signed into law in two thousand twelve. But it took Cindy; she had to tour for a while to get that fucking done. <laughs> and she she dedicated her song True Colors to that foundation, to the Matthew mm-hmm. Shepard Foundation.
This world makes you crazy and you take it all you can get. You call me up because you know I'll be there and I'll see your true. Have a radio or <laughs> ever <laughs> listened to music ever ever before ever in your life ever in your life I I having to be reminded that your authentic self is beautiful mm-hmm. is I think a really big thing in our community because I think a lot of us have been raised to think it's an real, like you know our sexuality especially is really gross and disgusting and I think like a lot of these mu- this music is about embracing yourself mm. um, and and celebrating it too. And she's saying like, I'll be, I love the idea that like Cindy Lauper is going to be there for you when the world is just a bit too crazy. She's like, you call me up because I see you. And like mm-hmm. that idea of that one person who you had, like that early girlfriend or that early friend or maybe someone in your family or whoever the fuck it was that was a real ally to you. And right. fucking Cindy like made herself like, the beacon of ally light for everybody with this song. Right. And so, I mean, and I think a lot of these, a lot of these divas, a lot of these women, it's a, it's about allyship, you know, which is such a huge, huge deal in our community. And, but also like fucking saves people's lives. Hell yeah. And we would fuck with some, we would fuck with some Cindy growing up too. We did. I can't wait to do a Cindy, a whole Cindy like episode. We just watched a version of her singing it on David Letterman. And she just looks so rad. She's just like, I mean, she's so just fucking cool. Fucking so super authentic and such a badass and still is. I mean, yeah. There, there's this awesome clip on YouTube of um, her um, after the Orlando shooting that um, she fucking 
tells our community she a she stands she sings this song it's very beautiful she like drapes herself in the pride flag and then she tells everybody reminds all of us i want to tell you that please for their sakes understand that hate is just hate and that muslim the muslim religion is about peace not hate and somehow it was hijacked so please be kind to your neighbors in memory of the people that were lost early this morning please look kindly to your neighbor for them and she it was just such a beautiful moment of like her calling us together calling our better angels together as a community She's just mm-hmm. so hot. I love her so much. And she, uh, not to keep beating this over their head, uh, she she has said in, in interviews that this song really started resonating with her when she lost her friend Gregory Natal to AIDS. Mm. So, like, even for her, like, you know, during, probably, like, during the height of the AIDS epidemic, this song kind of became, w- w- kind of opened her eyes to, to, I think also to need to tell someone that, you know? Mm-hmm. And you can really tell that she really is singing that to someone. Yeah. Well, that, that person is very personal. Song. Yeah. Saving. True Colors is, like, seriously also an anthem of my Light FM radio, which I always talk about. Like, <laughs> it's not a good day if True Colors doesn't come on. <laughs> like, uh, at least times. once. Yeah. And it's like, True Colors is one of those songs, like, it just stops you in your track. You just always listen to it. Like you don't change that channel. You're like, oh, okay, like, okay, so fucking, um, fucking let's keep the train moving, mom. Okay, What's so let's talk one? about um, let's talk about someone who is not always such a fucking great ally, Diana Ross. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Nick and I always talk about how like divas, it's people. Like I think when you look up to people as like holy figures, like they're gonna let you down. Like, no one's perfect, uh, especially when, like, you you know, especially, like, when, in hindsight, when you look back at their actions and their words. Like, it was, like, it could, it could be, like, a career killer back in the, in the day to talk about your gay fan base. A lot of people tried to skirt that issue. Mm-hmm. It was not a popular thing. In fact, it could, like, possibly really jeopardize your mainstream audience if you acknowledge that. And, and and some people did like Cher has this whole thing at her in her Las Vegas concert in the eighties where she had uh, all of these drag queens. She had Bette Midler come out as a drag queen. She had Di- Diana come out as a drag queen, and mm-hmm. and that was kind of like a fun way because like people love drag queens. Straight straight culture loves drag queens. Yeah, they just like really don't like any of the other parts of like gay <laughs> culture. Um, so there was like so people were kind of embracing it, but it just. You know, it was, it was, obviously it was taboo. And Diana Ross kind of had some issues with her super hit, literally called I'm Coming Out. Which was also um, written by Niall Rogers, but written after he saw a bunch of drag queens doing Diana Ross. So he writes this song basically to honor her gay fan base. And when she finds out about it, she got really, really scared. And she thought, she was like crying to him and she said, you know, you're going to ruin my career. And Um, that, okay, and spoiler alert, that didn't happen. Her career was not ruined and it was kind of made by this, this song. And, you know, and he was, he was smart and he told her it was about her coming out from under Barry Gordy's thumb and like she's coming out, new Diana Ross, leaving Motown Records and all this stuff. But, and now she fucking opens every concert with this song.
you love this song? Yeah, it is funny when I. Oh, so this is here, here's basic a Jace. Jace, that's me. Um, Battle Angels. You can also <laughs> you can also refer to him as Jace, and he'll answer. He sure will. Um, almost anything. Uh, the, I, all of these songs that were the, the, for sure these first three those songs were all on like CG mixes for me in high school. Really? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Hell yes. Like, you know, not even thinking about it. I, I, ha- I also had le- I, I, um, The Body is Beautiful. I remember I would always put on mixes from mm. Tu Wong Fu by Salt and Pepper. And yeah, it's just, I was just like, whoa, like, it's fabulous that these songs are here. You know, I mean, she literally, the song literally starts with, I'm coming out, I want the world to know. And it reminds, it just makes me think that of like, if gay kids could have like their Super 16 like MTV show, you know, like uh-huh. they would have their like their debut <laughs> to that song. They, yeah, they would like, yeah. or like that's just this song just reminds me of like a 16 year old's idea of like their gay debut, like coming down like a gigantic staircase <laughs> and like whatever feathers in sequence. And it's like they've reached 16, their official coming out. I don't know. Something about it is just so extreme and hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's so campy. It's fucking just camp. Talk about camp. My God. I want this TV show. I want your gay debut. Yeah, actually, it's a good idea. I mean, yeah, I actually still could work. I was going to say, like, maybe it's a little passe now. But yeah, yeah, come on. Bring it. It's my sweet 16. You can only be 16, though, because that's the only time that you can <laughs> say you're gay. No, it's fabulous. Now people are coming out when they're straight up, like, seven years old. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Like, Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I mean, beautiful. Ricardo on that Madonna episode, he was like, he was like six. Right. Standing right. over Madonna. So doing uh, uh, research for this episode, I got super obsessed with Thelma Houston, who is, of course, the singer who sang Don't Leave Me This Way. So there are different kinds of gay anthems, right? There's things like I'm Coming Out, which are written as like for gay people about gay people you like know. the two one the two big ones i'm coming out and i am what i am right i mean those right. are like, written by fags for fags yep yeah but this one don't leave me this way was this huge disco hit that was that resonated with the gay community during the aids crisis in a really big way because you know it was the feeling of Please don't leave me. Please don't die. Please don't go away. Jesus. And, and it's also like a straight just bop, too, which is like there's something so beautiful about the embrace of the message. Mm-hmm. And then just like I love that. I, I love how like you can embrace the message and dance through that pain, mm-hmm. that yearning. Something about that juxtaposition just kills me. I mean, I people always say I can't imagine how awful it was, but. I think it's important that we do imagine frequently how awful that was, the AIDS crisis was for people at the time, and how incredible and resilient you had to be to fucking dance as everyone you, as literally everyone you know, was decimated by a plague. Right, right, right. And, you know, it's, it, it was like belonging to like a secret club. The way that you would be able to meet and acknowledge your existence was to, be, was to go to a club. Mm-hmm. Was actually go to a club, go to these secret clubs, go to these bars, and yeah. and and literally acknowledge your existence and acknowledge your community, for the most part. And so, just imagining being there and, and being in that and holding space and watching everyone just disappear, mm-hmm. and you're lucky enough to be able to, to to say, "Don't leave me this way." Right. 
sounds just... I mean, it was a plague. You know, like, it was a plague. It is such a bop, the song, but she um, is what people sometimes derogatorily call a one-hit wonder. But she did keep fucking recording. She got a Grammy for this song. She was also an actress. She was supposed to make a movie of the life of Bessie Smith that somehow went away. I don't know uh, what happened to it, but someone please make that movie. But this song, and this song was supposed to be for Diana Ross. That's amazing. Which is crazy. But she got it. And then she fucking formed a gospel group with Shaka Khan and Phoebe Snow and Sissy Peniston called the Sisters of Glory. And they formed together at an AIDS benefit. And then they released an album that I cannot find. So I need one of you battle angels to find it for us. I know you're going to tell me to look on eBay like you do for everything else. But seriously, find us that fucking Sisters of Glory album now. In uh, 2017, Billboard asked a lot of artists to kind of write a letter to the gay community, and Thelma Houston wrote one. Can I read it? Yes, please. I am so grateful that I have lived long enough to see the amazing accomplishments the LGBT community has made, to know that through community involvement and legislation, we can make all these changes, and not to mention change the minds of the broader community. Every summer around Pride Month, I'm reminded of Sylvester, who is one of the most talented and funniest people I've known, and a soldier for gay pride. I do, not, I do a piece in my show as a tribute to him 
with the song, You Make Me Feel Mighty Real. Congratulations, and we still have a lot of work to do, but please know that I'm always there for you. Much love. Fucking queen. Isn't that sick? And, and it's so funny because Nick and I have been talking a lot about uh, Sylvester during this, during this episode and how, what a big role Sylvester played mm-hmm. musically. And inspiring. Yep. And I just really, uh, if anyone doesn't know Sylvester, you run, don't walk to his music. It's, it, it's really beautiful. And, um, and so I just really love that Thelma Houston in that pays tribute uh, to, to a gay artist who inspired her. Because she's inspired so many of us. So that's what was really beautiful. I got so obsessed with Thelma Houston. She's still touring. We have to go. And everyone should buy a ticket to go see Thelma Houston right now. And this is just kind of a fun bop. But uh, during the research, you just have to, if you just want something fun, type in these artists' names and then type in Pride. And my goodness, Thelma Houston is performing at the Venice Pride. <laughs> yes, that's something. Uh, she also performs at the New Jersey Gay Pride, Don't Leave Me This Way, in Ashbury Park. I mean, it's like a real... Wow. Yeah, it's a, it could be like a real fun uh, fun search. So That's a cool. Good job, Jersey Pride. I want to go yeah. out to Ashbury Park and fucking see her. When is that? Mm-hmm. Does no, it she did it in is? 2014. I don't know when it was. Oh, but she, fuck. she did it. I mean, you can... These are all these YouTube... You can like... Uh, we're going to talk about Melissa Etheridge in a minute, and there's like a million prizes that she goes to. Well, let's talk about so, it right yeah. now. <laughs> Some of these queens, should we? Should we go there? Yeah, should let's go there right now. Our, so our one of these, these are for the lesbians our, out our, there. Our, our lesbian Rattle goddess angels. Melissa Etheridge at a Pittsburgh Pride in 2009 fucking sings. <laughs> so she sings the Gloria Gaynor hit. Um, I will survive. This was actually her very first Pride Parade, or Pride Pride event that she sang at. And then she really boots the house down after that. She was like, ain't she's nothing like, stopping me now. She's like, this is for me. Anyways, she's just kind of fabulous. She's like, you know, she fucking knows the audience and she works it. So, okay, so we just showed you the Pittsburgh Pride Parade. She opens with I Survive and then does a couple stanzas from that. And it's kind of really great. And then she goes into her set. Um, anyways, it's really epic. Uh, uh, one of my favorite... Uh, things I've ever seen her done is she she performs at a Tom Hanks tribute, right? Are you with me? Oh, I'm with and you. Okay. She does Streets of Philadelphia. <gasps> oh, and she just elevates it, coming from the community in a way that seriously, like I I talk about this a lot about things that just produce emotion. This is one of them. Do you want to see it? Yes. I didn't know what I felt I was unrecognizable to myself 
Saw my reflection in a window Didn't know my own face well, Brother, you're gonna leave me wasting away On the streets of Philadelphia I walked the avenue till my legs felt like stone. I heard the voices of friends vanished and gone. At night I could hear the blood in my veins. Just as black and whispery as the rain on the streets of Philadelphia. And it's also just seeing those images from that fucking beautiful, perfect movie, too. Hold on. Yeah, I mean, she's singing from experience. If we didn't have our lesbians to take care of us, to take care of the gay men who were dying, we would have no one. Uh, that, that goes unmentioned so much, but if you read anything or, or watch any of the, of the amazing documentaries on the AIDS crisis, it really was the lesbian sisterhood that yeah. came and supported us and took care of the sick, you know, all of these sick and mostly gay men that were dying. Not all people with AIDS were gay men, but a large majority of them were. And yeah. so to see Melissa Etheridge be part of that community and close her eyes when she's talking about these people who have fallen in this song, it just it brings another weight to it. And then, of course, it's to the song of Philadelphia. So not a bop. You're not going to dance to that one for sure, but you you'd sure as hell can get in your feelings with it. And it's so beautiful. It also, I love that movie so much. And we lost Jonathan Demi last year who made that movie, mm. who I knew and cared for very much. And I just like, it just, yeah, it's a huge, that's a now a huge cry cue for me. So thanks Jay for throwing that bomb at me in the middle of this pod. 
I can't believe, normally you know all my shit, so I'm really excited that I got to have something new in this old bag of mine. But yeah, I've listened, I've, I, I've fucked with that for about 10 years now, seriously. With that I clip? Just, yes. Honey, <laughs> just when you I, need to fucking die? Yeah, just when you need to sit with that and get, and get some power. Melissa Etheridge is such a powerful performer. Um, and she really, you know, brings truth to all of those lyrics. And, and that song is just beautiful. I just love that song. It's by Bruce Springsteen. I also, when I went down my Melissa K. Hole this weekend, I mean, it was mainly on that, her third album, which is the big one called Yes, I Am. And I just love that title too. It felt like, I don't think she came out before that, but it felt like the title of that album was so she, her coming out. It was. Know? And she came out right after that. <laughs> Right. She came out right, right after that. Al- that I mean, like, right during the promotional of that album, uh, she was coming out. I, ha- I bought a used copy of that album. Oh, my goodness. It is front to back a classic, like, 90s rock album. It's so tight. It's so, so good. good. So, so good. good. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame best. I have it on vinyl. Do you? Sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so let's just continue this road in- deeply into the AIDS crisis. <laughs> Um, and talk a little bit about Madonna. So we just interviewed our Madonna stan. Ricardo, yeah. You all heard that last week. If you didn't, pause it, go back, get the episode, then rate, review, subscribe, tweet about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, girl, slip that in there. I'm Um, a businesswoman like Madonna. Yes, I know. (laughs) I talk about Madonna being a businesswoman. That's so shallow. Like, I know anything about business. Um, I do. I watch Working Girl. I know everything. Uh, We know all about capitalism, (laughs) commuting. (laughs) Mergers and acquisitions. I could say that a hundred times and never get old. Offices. But Madonna was super radical. I feel like Madonna kind of gets called out for appropriating a lot of stuff, and that's a total fair in so many ways, accusation. And I feel like possibly she's lost some of her cultural relevance. I still think she's producing some really interesting stuff and really cool stuff, but I don't know that she's like, you know, top of the heap. Like we always sure. talk about, we kind of let our elders go, which she she's really upfront criticizing. She's like, just because I'm older doesn't mean that I, sh- I should be less significant. And I'm like, yeah, girl, fight for your place. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was at the top of her powers in the 90s. She was she was the queen of pop, and she was super 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 outspoken. She used that power to be super outspoken for during the AIDS crisis, and and like we talked about with Ricardo, it was really revolutionary that she was so sex positive. She came out with a book literally called Sex, in which she featured a bunch of homoerotic photographs. Yeah, she came out with that movie Truth or Dare, in which she showed. Her uh, dancers as openly queer and flamboyant. It was, I think, for a lot of kids our generation, kind of one of our first ins to gay culture. I, I know for a fact it was for me. Yeah, it was also my first into someone, like you said, being sex positive and being like, look, all, there are all these different kinds of sex and they all exist and we can talk about it, we can look at it, we can show it and that doesn't make us bad or perverted or awful. And shame, know? she really deals with the fact that you should not be shamed for having these urges. Yeah. That and it's beautiful so... and it's, it's exciting, it's cool. And so much about, so much of the, ugly rhetoric around the AIDS crisis 
was this idea from straight people that if you got this disease, you you deserved it in some way. That you had was unprotected sex or you had sex with strangers or you didn't, you know, whatever the... F- no one deserves to be sick. No one deserves a disease. Sexuality is normal. I know everyone listening to this podcast already agrees with me about this shit, but it just is something that... I find I have to repeat to myself because that shame still exists. You know, mm-hmm. it still exists. It still ex- I know I'll speak for myself. It still exists in me, you know, and I hope oh. that these kids that we're talking about who are now coming out at six and seven have less gay shame throughout their lives than I carry with myself. And I hope that I work to, you know, evolve to a Madonna like plane where I don't have any sex shame. But anyway, it's still Madonna a huge for thing. It. I'm going to thank Madonna. It's a huge thing. I, I think it's so much less. I mean, I have friends with kids, and my goodness, the progressive talk that they had was like nowhere even in my vocabulary. Right. At that age, and I think we're talking about women and songs and, and pride movements that have really helped us do this. So uh, Madonna had a show called The Girly Show, and it began... In 1993. And she has a section in there where she starts off with the song Express Yourself, which is an absolute gay banger. Hello. It's called Express Yourself. We we keep talking about being who you are, being yourself. That's obviously (laughs) one of her big bops. It's it's fucking amazing. And then she goes into a song called Deeper and Deeper, and she it kind of turns into this orgy scene. Like, it's kind of, she kind of sets uh-huh. it in this, like, 60s orgy scene, Deeper and Deeper, and everyone's uh, on each other and withering it, and it's really sexy. And then from that song, she goes into Why Is It So Hard, which the song is like, Why Is It So Hard to Love One Another, Brothers, Sisters. Uh, so from the orgy scene, everyone yeah, splits up and then starts doing the Why Is It So Hard where she starts to obviously question, like, why, like, we're all just humans out here. And it's that kind of that fun. I love that it follows the orgy scene where it's like, mm-hmm. we can have sex, but we can't actually love each other. Huh. And then from there she does, she sits down and all the dancers go away and she just sits down and it's just Madonna, which is, you know, kind of rare because Madonna's such, spe- such a uh, spectacle. And she sits down and she does in this life, which she wrote to the people who have passed from AIDS. And she dedicates the song to it, and it's just really beautiful. This next song, this next song I wrote about two very dear friends of mine who died of AIDS. And though you don't know my friends, I'm sure that each and every one of you tonight knows someone or will know someone who is suffering from AIDS the greatest tragedy of the 20th century. For all of you out there who understand what I'm talking about, don't give up.
with that act and that message around the world in countries like Argentina and like places that super, super, super did not have gay rights. Yeah. Did, you know, like, I mean, America didn't have gay rights. Like, 93 was a completely different world in 2003 than, uh, than 2013. Yeah. Like, 93 was like, Still super, super bad. Anyways. Like, and Madonna, that, did, Madonna. she refused to, to shut up about the AIDS crisis. Yeah. Like Madonna was at, she was she would show up at a march. She would say it on TV. She would say it any old fucking place. You know, this concert, I was shown by my first boyfriend, Josh. Really? I love this. He showed, yeah, he <sighs> owned this on VHS and we would watch it. We would just like watch it again. It was his favorite thing to watch. It's fabulous. It's fabulous. Fabulous, so y'all good. should y'all should get on this tea. It's yeah, it's my favorite. It's my favorite thing Madonna ever made is the girl. Yeah, show. one of my yeah. I obviously really love the one before this. Speaking of pride as a march and not just an absolute float, it's amazing because the gay rights movement has had so many phases, right? Like we talk about the seventies and the first marches and just coming out being this revolutionary idea, and then of course we have the AIDS crisis. And then, of course, we have the March to Marriage Equality, which uh, the diva who who really came out swinging for marriage rights (laughs) was our fucking mother monster, Lady Gaga. (laughs) Lady Gaga. I I always had Nick do this impersonation, and would let's just play a real quick clip of it of her screaming because it's just it's campy (laughs) as fuck. You know, she's so serious. I always say this, Gaga. Just just doesn't understand. She's so serious that that's what camp is to me. Is when you're really serious, like you're just really dedicated to, to 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 like one path. But it's like so ridiculous at the same time. And I adore it. I adore you, Gaga. Let's, let's listen to a little bit of this. Obama, I know that you're listening. Are you listening? I could watch that on repeat. It's so funny. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it is really camp. It is camp. But it it's like really camp, camp in the gayest way. Like I, I love that. I love that. She's so dedicated. She truly is the heir of Madonna. I feel like she took a big chunk out of the Madonna playbook. Obviously, she's oh, been fuck accused yeah. of the song that we're going to play, which is, of course, Born This Way, which, like, <laughs> hot damn, we're, I Which mean. we'll go out on. This will be this, yeah. will, this will be our last song for the app. But it was obviously written for the gay community also, you know? And so, I mean, so many little monsters. That's what they are, right? That's the fans, the monsters, the yeah, baby monsters. Raw, raw, raw. She, such a, such an amazing fandom base, though. Intense. Well, she started in New York in the cabaret scene, you know. So she was literally like, it, she was like raised by the gay uh, grandmamas, mm-hmm. uh, and queer people, and then obviously like. Like all of our divas, like we're always talking about it. it was the queers that it was for little monsters were these gabies who were like, finally, we found our generation's weirdo. We found yeah. someone that's like going to really step out of the box. And so she came out with all of these pop hits and obviously had on all these crazy outfits. Obviously, we're going to get to this with our like rabid little monster fan once we have them on. Um, yeah, and right and in then, little monsters, right in little monsters, and then she came out with this uh, song, kind of like her magnum opus, and then even Madonna, which I love, like Madonna the Queen, kind of shaded her for being like, "Bitch, this sounds just like my Express Yourself," um, but like whatever, <laughs> that's such a great that should be like a great thing. That's like an amazing thing. Um, she also, it's so funny. I've gotten into so many discussions online about whether Gaga identifies as queer or bi anymore. 
I think the last thing I read, she said she just identifies as an ally. Hmm. But she she's also a diva who has been or is an active part of the community. Let's just say that. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, hell, there's no way of escaping that. I mean, God, yeah. yeah. So I don't know where, where you identify anymore, Ms. Germanata. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely Germanatas, wonderful Lovely Germanatas. Germanatas. <laughs> um, but we fully thank you for being such a fucking amazing mother monster to all of us. And we thank all of you Battle Angels for uh, listening to these first songs of Pride. And we're going to come at you in two more weeks with some more songs of Pride. Um, Thanks for listening, everyone. You you can rate, review, subscribe. You can tweet or Instagram. Email us. Tell us what Pride means to you. Tell us what a moment that you're prideful for. It doesn't even have to be just like something that happened in June. Uh, A lot of my most gayest moments did not happen in June. That's for damn sure. Uh, so, like, tell us something that was like. Tell, give us a memory. Give us your pride. Yeah, give us your pride. Show your pride Whenever and have fun. Happened. Have fun at your pride parade. Go find out which pride parade Thelma Houston is at and go see it. Get some stickers. Do some body paint. Put on your SPF. Yes, wear your SPF. Don't don't do too much day drinking. It's never that fun. Remember that. You're Hydrate. Feel shit by six a.m. Hydrate. Drink water. Hydrate. Yeah. We love you, <laughs> grandmas. <laughs> love you. Bye. Bye. My mama told me when I was young, we're all on superstars. She pulled my hair, put my lipstick on, in a glass of her boudoir. There's nothing wrong with loving who you are, she said, because you made you perfect, babe. So hold your head up, girl, and you'll go far.